Welcome to Daring to Live by Every Word. My name is Melody Mason, and in this podcast, I will be talking about how we can apply God's Word in practical and relevant ways to our daily life. As I've heard it said, it's not about how many scriptures you know, but about how many you actually live that really matter. So grab your Bible and join me on today's journey as we open God's living Word. In Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 4, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, I have to be honest, and that is, I had another podcast planned to release this weekend that I've already recorded and prepared, but then I realized that Monday is Valentine's Day. Well, I am like the hopeless romantic, and oh, Valentine's is one of my favorite holidays in the entire year, believe it or not. And so I was like, I need to do a special Valentine's podcast. And some of you might be rolling your eyes and some of the guys out there might be like, okay, it's time to turn this podcast off now. (laughs) No, just wait. I think there's going to be um, some very special lessons and messages uh, in what I have to share today that are for everyone, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, a girl dreaming, it doesn't matter. Uh, God has taught me some very significant things over the years uh, through my life and different things that He's allowed to happen in my life, some painful, um, and yet those painful things have really been the catalyst to even greater things in my walk with Him. So I want to share a little bit of that testimony today. But first off, I want to share a story. Jessica had always struggled in the area of romance, but when she met Brandon, she knew her dreams were finally coming true. Brandon was godly, um, upstanding young man with everything that she had been praying and hoping for. So after a whirlwind romance, they got married. They had a beautiful wedding, um, beautiful wedding of their dreams, actually, and then took off on their honeymoon, had a beautiful honeymoon in the islands, enjoying the sunshine and the beaches and all um, beautiful things of nature together. And then they returned home and began to set up housekeeping. Well, Jessica was very excited to, of course, make their home her home at last. Not long after they had returned from their honeymoon, they received a package in the mail, which was some of the prints, the pictures from their wedding. And Jessica proudly put those pictures around, a large one on the mantle of her and Brandon, and then another one um, in their bedroom. And here and there around the house, she put these beautiful pictures of their wedding. Well, as time went on, uh, they're returning to their work and life as normal and adjusting to being married and having a wonderful time. And Brandon's working and she's working, but she's also enjoying housekeeping and keeping a home. 
time goes on, a few months passes, and, um, well, Jessica begins to get a little restless, and she begins to think about the past, and the things that she's done, and the places she's been, and the people she's known, and and even the previous boyfriends that she's had. And Well, Brandon's a really good guy, but, well, she's a little restless. So one day, Brandon comes home, and he comes home, actually, to the shock of his life, because around their beautiful home, um, he sees these pictures in, in little spots around the house and some on the wall. And they're not big pictures, but they're actually some pictures of other men. When he sees these pictures, he questions Jessica. What, what, who are these men? What are these pictures about? Well, Jessica comes out to the kitchen, comes out of the kitchen uh, to meet him. And she's, you know, wiping her hands on her apron and she's been cooking and Oh, Brandon, don't worry, don't worry, she says. These are, well, you know, I've just been thinking, and I was missing some of my old boyfriends, and I thought I'd pull out some of the pictures from the past, but don't worry, I'm I'm just looking at them. I mean, nothing's nothing's happening, you know. You're my husband, after all. Look at it's it's your picture, and it's our wedding picture that's the biggest here on the mantle, and and in our bedroom. There's nothing to worry about. Well, just then, the phone rings, and on the phone is another man, and he asks for Jessica. Jessica begins talking with him, and they're laughing and talking about different things that are happening, things that are happening in the world, things that are happening at the movies, different fashion, fashions, um, things that she wants to do, and Brandon's kind of staring, you know, kind of open-mouthed, like, what in the world? Who is Jessica talking to? What is going on? Well, finally, Jessica hangs up the phone, and Brandon's like, well, who was that? Jessica's like, oh, Brandon, don't worry. It was just one of my old boyfriends. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit, and so I sent him a message, and he called me. But but don't worry, Brandon. We're not doing anything. We're just talking. Well, (laughs) in case you wondered by now, this story is not actually a true story. It's a story that I made up. But can you imagine that ever happening in real life? No, of course not. Because, well, that's preposterous, right? To think of a married couple and one of them putting up pictures of their old boyfriends or girlfriends around the house. No, of course, we would never think of doing that, right? But I want us to think, and this is the reason that I made up this story to share, I want us to think about the fact, the fact that, well, sometimes how we treat God. Think of it this way. We choose to give our life to God, you know. Um, we, we choose to covenant our love to Him, and we say, yes, Lord, I'm choosing you. Yes, Jesus, I'm choosing you for good times and bad times, in sickness and in health, you know, till death do us part. I'm pledging to give my life and my love to you. We say this to Jesus, but then what happens oftentimes in our life? Well, the reality is that we get busy. We get caught up in the mundane things of life. We get distracted. We stop spending time with Him as we should. And we begin to lose our first love, just like Brandon and Jessica. 
you know, they'd been happily married and, and, and just loved each other so much, but then they get caught up in life. And pretty soon Jessica starts thinking about the old boyfriends and the old lovers. Well, we do the same thing with God. But if you can just imagine, that does not make God very happy. In fact, we are told in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, why is it right you might say when you know we're told not to be jealous and envious and all these things why is it right for god to be jealous of our affection and love think about it this way you see when we commit to give our heart to god he has exclusive rights over us rights that he will not share with another just like when we get married and our husband or our wife is jealous for our exclusive affection god says You're mine. I will not share you with other lovers or with other gods. I will fight for you because I love you. You see, the degree of his holy jealousy shows the degree of his holy love. And the greater the love, the greater the anger when that love is violated. So if you would be hurt and angry... um, when your husband or wife, your new bride or groom... Um, began to have an affair with someone else or pull in old boyfriends or old girlfriends, think how much more it must hurt the heart of God when we do the same in our life. You know, we pledge to give our heart and life to Him and then we go ba- go back and feed on the same worldly things. We go back and watch the same worldly movies. They don't pull us up. They pull us down. They turn our eyes away from Jesus. We go back and, and live the same foolish lifestyle that breaks, breaks us down and separates us from God. How does God feel? It breaks his heart. It breaks his heart so much beyond what we can imagine. That's why on this Valentine's Day, I want us to, well, to re-examine our heart and our relationship with God and ask ourselves, do we truly understand the love that God has for us? Do we truly pledge to give our love and heart to Him? One of my favorite authors in the book, Steps to Christ actually writes, the heart of God yearns over his earthly children with a love stronger than death. In giving up his son, he has poured out to us all heaven in one gift. Can you imagine? And yet oftentimes we spend our lives looking for love in all the wrong places. We spend our lives trying to figure out who we are and our purpose and and what is our destiny and how can we be happy when actually we should be spending our lives saying whose am i and and what is his plan for me i love the passage in john 3:16 and i know you are familiar with it but let's just look at it again it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life you know most of us probably know this verse by heart but do we stop and think about its significance god 
the greatest being, not just one of the gods, but the God, the God, the only true God, the creator of heavens and earth, the universe, he so loved the greatest principle, the greatest character, the greatest love. He so loved the world, the greatest people in need, that's you and me, that he gave the greatest action, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, our redeemer, our advocate, the one who stands in our place, that whosoever believeth the greatest invitation that's given to you and me might not perish. Praise the Lord. We have received the greatest rescue from the greatest disaster, and we might have eternal life, the greatest lasting privilege and eternal joy. Do we truly comprehend God's great love for us? I think it's hard to comprehend this great gift because we don't really recognize how utterly wretched and sinful that we are. We don't really recognize what we have been delivered from. We don't really recognize who we are. Um, and that we are, by our very sinful nature, guilty of high treason against the King of Kings. You know, the one who gave his life for us, well, we murdered it. We took his life. But yet he tells us in his word, well, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, even from the sin of murdering his own son. Praise the Lord. I love Isaiah 118. It says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I don't know about you, but that is a promise I am so grateful for because I am a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. Well, back to Valentine's Day. This is Valentine's, as you know, uh, coming up here. And, you know, some people or, or many people might say, well, you know, what's the significance? Yeah, we know hearts and flowers and roses and romance. Huh? But if you're not married, there's no point of it anyway. Um, well, I say because God is a God of love, there's always reasons to celebrate love. It doesn't really matter where it came from. There's different legends about the or, the or, origin of Valentine's Day. Um, some say that the Emperor Claudius, back in early centuries, had decided that single men made better soldiers than those that were married, and so he outlawed marriage. And Valentine, realizing the injustice of the decree, actually continued to marry young lovers in secret. And when his actions were discovered, well, he was killed. That's one legend. Uh, another legend says that Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape the harsh Roman prisons where they were often beaten and held captive. And, and one legend says that this imprisoned Valentine actually sent the first Valentine love letter greeting after he fell in love with a young girl, which might have been the jailer's daughter who visited him while he was in prison. But before his death, it is alleged that he wrote a letter signed from your Valentine. And that is an expression that's still in use today. Of course, I don't know what is the true story, what is the myth, and what is the, leg the, the, the legend, but I do know that it's no legend that we serve a God that loves us and loves us so infinitely, more than we can imagine that he sent his son. Praise the Lord for this amazing gift. Well, I want to share a little bit of my story 
And uh, as I said, I'm an incurable and hopeless romantic. I have been since I was a child. Always loved love stories, always loved attending weddings, loved hearing about how people met and fell in love, and loved watching uh, how people love. And I'm very blessed to have parents that loved each other and continue to love each other very well. My parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary just a few weeks ago, in fact. And it was such a privilege to be able to look back with them over their life and over their memories and how they met and the ways that God has led and blessed them. I remember my parents telling me over the years, um, you know, when we got married, we always prayed. We knew hardships would come, but we always prayed that our hardships would not come from one another. Yes, we knew that they would come in life, but that they would not come from each other, that we would be happily married and have a happy marriage. And God has blessed them with that marriage for over 50 years now. They have been very happily married. Well, I can say as a child growing up in their home, I admired their love and I thought, you know, someday the same is going to happen to me. I'm going to uh, become happily married and with my husband, you know, serve the Lord in ministry and, and, and have children and a life together and just glorify and honor God. Of course, that was my dream. But well, as God would have it, that wasn't quite my story. I did grow up and, and got involved in ministry, but there was no happy marriage um, and no wonderful love story. Um, because for for God's purposes, which are greater and higher than mine, uh, he had a different plan. I have to admit that I went through some real heartbreak in this area um, with some young men that I really cared about. And I felt like they cared about me and, and just thought that God was leading me down certain roads. And after many years, when these relationships did not work out, I was quite heartbroken and led to a time of great discouragement in my life. You know, I felt like, God, you know, why have you forgotten me in this area? Why, you know, have you allowed so many of my friends to, to marry and start families and have children and lives and ministry, you know, with a husband and a partner? And not me. I felt a little forsaken. And, and so I went through some real uh, struggles and heartache in this area. But I have to say that God has really worked and been gracious. And um, there's a quote I love. It comes from the book called Ministry of Healing. And it says, in the future life, the mysteries that have here annoyed and disappointed us will be made plain. We shall see that our seemingly unanswered prayers and disappointed hopes have been among our greatest blessings. Well, of course, I don't know the end of the story. And my goal is to trust God and to be faithful to Him, even in the midst of the story when I don't see the ending. But I have seen how God has been um, working in my life personally. Uh, over these last many years, and um, also how he's been growing me closer to himself and been allowing me to help others um, learn how to have a walk with him. And I remember a few years ago, I was actually in the Philippines with a group of young people sharing some of my journey as a single and some of the heartache and the struggles, and yet how God has grown me through this journey. And um, afterwards, I had this young man came up, come up to me, just a 16-year-old young man, and he had written this little note on this piece of paper, and he gave it to me. And I just started crying when I read his note. It was so precious. He wrote, Miss Melody, God said no to you so that he could say yes to us and send you to help us learn how to have a relationship with him. 
Well, I just praise the Lord for that. And I've told the Lord, that's great. If you can use me more effective in this life as a single, then please keep me single. I will be content in that. But I know in his time and in his way, if he has a purpose uh, for there to be a partnership, he will, he will make that known as well. You know, there's something God has really been teaching me over the years through the times of heartache and pain and the questions and, and the growth and, and all the things is life is not necessarily just about reaching a destination. You know, when we're children, we grow up and we think, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that and I'm going to get married and I'm going to have this job and this career and all these different things. And and sometimes God leads in those ways and he blesses and, and we praise the Lord for that. But sometimes those things that we want actually can turn out to be quite um, quite a lot of heartache and pain. And, and I've, I've really realized, you know, God actually knows best what is for us. And when we rush ahead of him to, to get what we want, whether that's the job that we want or, or that spouse that we want or whatever, we can end up actually birthing an Ishmael. Remember, um, Abraham and his promise of, of having a son and a seed and God promised to send him a son, but God wasn't working fast enough for him, and so he decided to go about it his own way, and he ended up having Ishmael before his promised son Isaac came along. And Ishmael actually ended up creating a lot of heartache in Abraham and Sarah's life. Well, the same happens in our lives when we rush ahead of God. And so God has been really teaching me and is continuing to teach me about contentment with where he has me right now and the fact that life is not just about reaching a destination, it's about who he's making you in the journey. But I have to say the heartache and the struggles that I have gone through over the years as a single have really drawn me closer to my heavenly love and my heavenly father, and I am so grateful for that. And I want to share something that I wrote a few years ago in an article uh, called My Perfect Valentine, and it was about my heavenly love. And of course, I'm going to write it in the context of being a woman, um, talking about the man that I have prayed for. But if you are a man listening, uh, this can be for you as well, because no woman is going to make a man ultimately happy, and no man is ultimately going to make a woman uh, happy as they long to be. It's only Jesus that can give us this peace, this happiness, this complete fulfillment. And so as, of course, my, my earthly love story did not work out or, or come together as I hoped and prayed as a young girl, I have realized that Jesus actually is my ultimate love story and my heavenly bridegroom. And of course, that doesn't mean I don't long for an earthly husband and an earthly hand to hold and all of those things, but Jesus is that man. And so I want to share with you something that God brought to me uh, dur during the early years of my walk as I was coming out of some real heartache in this area and how he truly is my heavenly love. So here, here it is. I prayed for a man committed to God. Jesus said in, in John 10:30, I and my Father are one. I prayed for a man who would be a spiritual leader. Jesus unashamedly declared, John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I prayed for a man of high standards and integrity. Well, others testified in 1 Peter 2, verse 22, he did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth. I prayed for a man of the word, 
Jesus opened up his arms with love as he whispered, I am the living word and I came to live with you, John 1.14. I prayed for a man who knew how to be a servant. Then I heard others whisper with amazement, Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, Philippians 2.7. I prayed for a man who was full of spiritual life. He smiled again. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. John 10.10 I prayed for a man who would be the head of my home. Then I realized that Jesus had been knocking on my door, begging to be allowed to be the head of my home and my heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3.20 I prayed for a man of steel and velvet, someone who could be strong but also tender at the same time. Then I remembered Jesus' words as the nails were driven into his hands. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do, Luke 23, verse 34, and how even on the cross, Jesus cared for his mother. I prayed for a man who knew how to love others, even the unpleasant outcast. Jesus replied, in that, well, you were still sinners, the lowest outcast, Melody. I died for you, Romans 5.8. I prayed for someone with whom I could share my deepest thoughts and dreams, someone who would walk with me through joys and through sorrows, someone that would not only hold my hand, but would hold my heart, someone I could stand behind and love and respect and serve with all my heart. I looked up in awe as he not only began to walk beside me and hold my hand, Isaiah 41, but also began to share with me the hidden riches and secrets of eternity, a heart companionship and beauty that I had never had with another, Isaiah 43, verse 3, and Psalms 34, verse 8. As I looked at Jesus, I just knew that he was someone that I could not only love, but stand behind and serve for the rest of my life. I know this may be frivolous, God, and it's a small thing, but could you also send me someone romantic I had prayed? Could you send me someone who will love me so much that he'll want me and only me, and he will be willing to do whatever it takes to win me? Jesus said nothing as he laid down his heavenly honor and came to earth to win me. Although I doubted his love and resisted his advances at first, he slowly, sweetly, tenderly won my heart in love. Then he led me to his great banqueting house, and the banner he put over me was love. Song of Solomon 2 verse 4. Last but not least, I prayed for a man who would not be afraid of pain or trials. I then realized that it was he, Jesus, who was carrying my cross and making the ultimate sacrifice of love, not just for anyone, but for me. Matthew 16, verse 24, and Hebrews 2, verse 9. Tears rolled down my cheeks as I stood in awe and my heart melted. You know, friends, Jesus is not just any man. He's all this and so much more. He, he is our, lo- our judge, our Lord, our Savior, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Lawgiver, our King. Truly, He is all of these things and so much more and the true love that I still have yet to really understand and know. But I am so grateful 
for Jesus and his love for us. And I love the quote by Johnny Erickson Tata. She says, God is good, not just because he gives us answers, but because he gives us himself. That's why he is good. And friends, that's a love story that is worth having for all eternity. A love story that has begun here in our hearts as Jesus has showed us himself, has showed us our great need, has stretched out his arms on our behalf to save us. And I don't know about you, but I am so grateful for that love story, that love story that will never end. Happily ever after. Praise the Lord. Friend, I don't know where you are in your life, um, what has happened, what circumstances you've walked through. I don't know if you're struggling, feeling worthy for that love, asking yourself, can God really love me, as Melody is saying. I want to assure you that he can. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, we are told, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you. That promise is for you. And I want to share uh, one more thing here as we close this podcast for this week. It's a special love letter from God to you, and it goes like this. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up, I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love, and it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than any earthly father or any earthly lover ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and with all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. 
One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I will take away all the pain that you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. Here is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I'm not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party that heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be your father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love your heavenly father. If you loved that love letter, you can actually find it in full form along with the verses uh, at fathersloveletter.com. That's fathersloveletter.com. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for sending your son an expression of your love, a, a, a love letter in human form to this earth on behalf of me and all those that are listening. Lord, we want to accept this love and we want to give you our love in return. And we just ask that you would purify our hearts, that you would search our hearts and see if there is anything that separates us from you. And and Father, open our eyes um, to those roadblocks, those hindrances, those idols. And, and we want to confess those and we want to forsake those because we know we cannot have you and also have our other lovers and our other sins. And so we want to confess those things and give them to you and just ask that you would give us new hearts, new mind, and today especially a new heart of love for you. We love you, Father, and we can't wait to see you. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Happy Valentine's Day, friends. Hey, thanks for joining me for this episode of Daring to Live by Every Word. Dear friend, our Heavenly Father is just waiting to make His forever home with you. In John 14, verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In Revelation 3, verse 20, we are told, He is standing at the door knocking, even now. My prayer is that you will not delay another day, but open the door of your heart to Jesus right now. For more information on how to grow your walk with Jesus, visit daringtolivebyeveryword.com. I look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Daring to Live by Every Word.